Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church Podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone. And today we're in week 37 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about questions 99 and 100. Now, over the last two weeks, we've been studying the Ten Commandments one at a time. We looked at the first commandment and learned that it is sinful to worship the wrong God. Uh, Yahweh alone is worthy of our worship because He is our Creator and the only true God. And so the first commandment was about who we should worship. And the second commandment was about how we should worship Him. Since Yahweh is God, uh, He has the right to determine how He desires to be worshipped. And He forbids us to worship Him by using a graven image or to use any image at all to represent Him in life and especially in worship. And these first two commandments, they make sense to us in a way that we might expect the law of our Creator God to make sense. God alone is God. He wants us to have no other gods before Him. And as we relate to Him and worship Him, He has some particular ways in which He wants us to do that. Those things make sense to us. But the third commandment comes in, and it seems very simple by comparison to those first two. The first commandment is God saying, worship me only and have no gods before me. The second commandment is God saying, worship me only in the way that I would have you worship me. And then the third commandment is God saying, oh, by the way, don't mess around with my name. I mean, surely there is more to this third commandment than the fact that God doesn't want us to make fun of his name or, you know, treat it like a nickname. And in fact, when you do a little bit of a digging, you find that there is more to this commandment. So what does the commandment actually say? Well, the third commandment is stated in this way. In Deuteronomy 5, verse 11, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, when you think of taking the Lord's name in vain, what is it that comes into your mind? I think one of the first things that comes into my mind is I think about the way that people use the Lord's name when they curse or when they swear, right? And most of you were brought up in a similar way. I was taught at a very young age that to take the, the Lord's name in the same breath with foul language was sinful. Uh, I absolutely believe that. When we do this, we are, in fact, violating the third commandment, right? To, to use the Lord's name in a vain way means to use it in a way that's empty, to, to toss it out as, it, as though it doesn't matter. And oftentimes when we do curse or when we, uh, we, we, we use foul language and we invoke the name of the Lord to do so, we, we are, in fact, violating the third commandment. But there are some other ways that you might think about violating the third commandment. I remember when I was in seminary, uh, a professor making the claim that we often take the Lord's name in vain when we pray and use His name repetitively as though it were nothing more than a comma at the end of our thought. And you know, you may have heard people pray this way. You may even pray this way yourself. Lord God, we just come to you today, Lord God, and we ask you, God, to just be with us, Lord God, and to help us, Lord God, to feel your love in this place, Lord God, and then on and on and on and on. And, and the, the point that the professor was making is that we're not, we're not actually um, reverencing the name of God when we do this. We're just throwing it out there in a way that, that almost reflects what Jesus told us not to do. You know, don't, don't use vain repetition. Don't use empty repetition in your prayers like the pagans do. And sometimes we can, in vain, we can, in an empty way, 
use the Lord's name over and over in our prayers that doesn't show reverence to God. It shows something else. And of course, a person's heart may be absolutely sincere when they pray in this way, but it may also reflect a lack of reverence and a lack of respect for the name and person of God. And that, the name and person of God, that is what the third commandment is all about. It's about the connection between the name of God and the person of God and the appropriate amount of respect that should be shown to both because they represent our Creator. So question 99 in the Catechism for this week uh, helps us to get a little bit closer at this. So here's question and answer 99. What is God's will for us in the third commandment? And the answer is this, that we neither blaspheme nor misuse the name of God by cursing, by perjury, or unnecessary oaths, nor share in such horrible sins by being silent bystanders. In a word, it requires that we use the holy name of God only with reverence and awe so that we may properly confess Him, pray to Him, and praise Him in everything we do and say. Now let's go ahead and read the next one, and this will round out the Heidelberg for the day. Um, Question 100, is blasphemy against God's name, um, I'm sorry, is blasphemy of God's name by swearing and cursing really such serious sin that God is angry also with those who do not do all they can to help prevent it and forbid it? And the answer, yes, indeed, no sin is greater. No sin makes God more angry than blaspheming his name. That is why he commanded the death penalty for it. Now, Blasphemy in the name of the Lord is a serious offense to God. God shows us that in His Word. But the question is, why? Why is it such a serious offense to God? And in order for us to answer this question thoroughly, we need to see how this commandment is violated within the rest of the Old Testament. Because there are several places, a handful of places actually, where something takes place, where there's a story or, or, or a scenario that's unfolding in the life of God's people, and when God comes in and He brings judgment upon that particular person or group of people, He connects His judgment or He connects their sin to having profaned His name or treated His name as empty and vain. And so I want us to look at just a couple of passages that help us to understand what it means to use the Lord's name in vain and and in an empty way. And the first one I want us to look at is in the middle of Leviticus chapter 24. Now, Leviticus 24 tells the story about a fight that breaks out between two people, a young man whose father was an Egyptian and whose mother was an Israelite, and then another man of Israel. So there's a young man and an older man, and we don't know what the fight was about. But we do know that at some point in the skirmish, the young man cursed the name of God in blasphemy. Uh, Maybe like many of us, uh, he lashed out in anger, right? I mean, he's in the midst of a fight. So he may have just, in in the midst of his anger, he didn't exercise anything resembling self-control. And he he cursed the name of God. Um, He evoked God's name in a way to threaten or mock his opponent. And what what we see in the actual text is that the people of God took it very seriously. They took this young man into custody and they, they decided they were going to hold him in custody until the will of Yahweh was made clear to them. And then in the very next section, we read this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring out of the camp the one who cursed, and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head, and let all the congregation stone him, and speak to the people of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. 
the sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. What this tells us is that God is serious about his name. And he wants his people to understand that his name is holy. It is not to be blasphemed under any circumstance. To take the Lord's name in vain is to treat it as empty and worthless and of no importance. And God forbids his name to be dishonored. But again, this is just an example of God saying, hey, my name is important. You've cursed my name. Therefore, death is the penalty. Again, it doesn't necessarily get to why, the reason behind it. Yes, God cares. Yes, God wants us to care. But what is so important about God's name that he's willing to take these drastic steps to punish those who sin against his name? Well, Let's look at another passage of Scripture. This is from Exodus chapter 33. And this is, and this is really one of my favorite passages in all of the Old Testament, especially within the Exodus account. Um, God has done all of these amazing things to identify Himself with His people who are in bondage and in slavery. He's done all these amazing things to reveal that He is the God of creation, that He is the God who is above all gods. He is the Most High God. He is, he's even willing to come into the territory of other gods and prove Himself more powerful than they are. He does all of these things, and he leads his people out, and he fights for his people. Um, And he even comes on Mount Sinai, and he reveals himself to Moses, and he gives his people the law. But when we get to Exodus chapter 33, the situation has gotten a little bit out of hand, and both Moses and God are just fed up with the people. Uh, They had just come out of the golden calf incident, and God had said to Moses, he says, you know what, you just go ahead you lead the people. I'm going to stay back. Um, you just go ahead and lead these wicked people on. I'm not going to come with you because if I come with you, I might end up consuming all of these people and destroying them all. Uh, now, that's that's what's going on in Exodus 33. And what follows is this dialogue between God and Moses that is just amazing. But near the end of the discussion, Moses makes a very specific request of God. He asks God to go with them. He asks God to be their God, but then he also asks God to show him his glory. So this is Moses saying to God, will you show me your glory? And what's crazy is that God agrees, right? God says, yes. God, here's what God says to Moses from Exodus 33, 19. He says, I will show you my glory. I will make all my goodness pass before you and will be proclaim before you my name, the Lord. Now, there's some weird stuff happening there. Number one, he says, I will show you my glory. I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name. Now, that's that's important because God is connecting here his glory, his goodness, his divine presence with his name. And then in the next chapter, we actually see this happen. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, we read this, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And then Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Now, I love this passage 
for what it tells us about the nature and character and person of God. But the thing that I need us to see, that I need to see, uh, in regard to this discussion about the, the, the name of God, is that the glory of God's person is directly tied to the uniqueness and the holiness of God's name. So when God allows his glorious presence to be revealed to Moses, he is also, at the very same time, connecting his presence with his name. In other words, to see God's glory is inseparably linked to hearing his name. There is no way to disconnect the person of God from the name of God. Right? That's, that's the thing that, that has to come together in our hearts and in our minds. When we use God's name, we're not just flippantly using a, a, a noun. We're not just using a word. We're actually referring to the, the person of God himself. There is no way to connect, disconnect the person of God from the name of God. And so when we set his name apart in our hearts as holy, we are reverencing him his person as holy. And conversely, when we devalue his name by uttering a hateful curse and attaching his name to it, we are not just cursing his name, we are also cursing our God. The name of God is worthy of praise and honor and reverence, just as the person of God is worthy of praise and honor and reverence. And so that's, that's the thing that's going on here. When we speak the name of God, we're not just speaking an empty phrase. We're actually talking about the person of God. We're talking about the glorious person of our Creator. And God wants us to connect in our minds that that the person and the name are the same. To speak of one is to speak of the other. And from a practical perspective, we need to take the name of the Lord Seriously. And we need to avoid using it in a vain and irreverent way. We, we shouldn't use his name to make jokes. We shouldn't use his name to curse. We shouldn't use his name in order for personal gain. We shouldn't say things and then attach the name of God to it as though we have the authority to do so. Instead, we should praise his name. We should understand that to speak the name of God is to speak of God himself. We should seek to honor his name, bring glory to his name, and recognize that whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, we should do it all for the glory of his name. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us this in Colossians 3. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I hope this has been helpful, just to make some connections between the command to not take his name in vain and why God wants us to see this as so serious, because the name of God is connected to the person of God. Now, next week, we're going to be studying through the Ten Commandments again, and we're going to be looking at the Fourth Commandment, which is a really important one. All of them are important, but this one's going to focus on the Sabbath day and what it means to keep the Sabbath day holy. So we have a lot to discuss next week. I hope you will join me for that. In Lord's Day 37, when we look at questions 101 and 102. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBC Wiley. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstone Wiley. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Now, thank you so much for listening.